Wake up, America. Today we are a country divided because of racism, hatred, and injustice. But racism will not define us and hatred will not defeat us because that is not who the majority of us are. But we seldom come together as one to have an open dialogue about the racism plaguing our country and how it affects individual ethnic communities and our nation as a whole. That is why the CWR Talk Network has assembled a phenomenal team from various backgrounds and ethnicities to discuss how to overcome the racial divide in America. This special two-hour live online virtual town hall event will be held on Tuesday, June 19th from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Visit our website, cwrtalknetwork.com, and sign up for our newsletter for updates and more details. Don't miss this very special event on Tuesday, June 19th, designed to stop the hate by learning to better communicate. If you are interested in participating or sponsoring this event, contact us by email at info at cwrtalknetwork.com. That's info at cwrtalknetwork.com. Together, we can unite America. your host, Joanne Burrell, on the CWR Talk Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Read, Read, Read radio show on the CWR Talk Network. I am your host, Joanne Burrell. Thank you to my listeners for tuning in today. The message you just heard and the music was Wake Up Everybody by Teddy Pendergrass, a fitting theme song for the Read, Read, Read radio program, because it is important that we wake up to the needs of our economically challenged communities in supporting youth not involved in structured activities, especially during the summer. The message you heard with the music was concerning our upcoming show, Race in America. Where do we go from here? Please tune in to the CWRRadioNetwork.com on Tuesday, June 19th from 1 p.m. until 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. This show is one of our most important events of the year for our network. Race in America. Where do we go from here? a live online virtual town hall event that will be moderated by Deborah Mathis, nationally renowned journalist, director of communication, International Center on Nonviolent Conflict. I'll post the link for the show on my Facebook page at Joanne Burrow or sign in to our website at C. W-R Talk Network Radio dot com C-W-R Talk Radio Network dot com I want to recognize the other hosts of the C-W-R Talk Network. Visit our website at www.cwrtalknetwork.com and find other hosts on our network and their showtime. Also, while you're at our website, sign up for our newsletter by selecting the orange subscriber button. Stay on top of the important events discussed here on the CWR Talk Network. You can listen to the Read, Read, Read radio show 
every third Saturday of the month at 11 a.m. Central Time and 12 p.m. Eastern Time. You can also listen to the show on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, when available, and Amazon Alexa. The Read, Read, Read Radio Book Club is sponsored by the CWR Network and Jeanette's Joy Community Services. Today, our guest will be author, journalist, and the great-great-granddaughter of Madam C.J. Walker, Miss Alelia Bundles. Miss Bundles will join us in our main segment. We'll be taking calls towards the end of the show. And the call-in number is 917-889-8078. Mentoring is a brain to pick, an ear to listen, and a push in the right direction. Mentoring is a long-term relationship where the focus is on supporting the growth and development of the mentee. A mentor is also a source of wisdom, teaching, support, and a powerful and joyful way to make a positive impact on the life of a young person and the future of a community. The purpose of the Read, Read, Read radio show is to provide mentors and to encourage students to read more. With school out for the summer, we are continually looking and seeking college students to provide mentoring and reading encouragement for our youth to prevent the summer slide and recognize the importance of reading over the summer. The summer slide is the tendency for students, especially those from economically challenged families, to lose some of the achievement gains they've made during the previous school year. If you know of a youth between the ages of 8 and 15 years old who will benefit from this mentoring program, or if you are a college or high school student who will be willing to commit to one hour a week to mentor and read to a student for the summer, please contact me at my email address at readreadread. 1619 at gmail.com. The email address again is read, read, read at, I'm sorry, read, read, read 1619 at gmail.com. We're going to take a quick break before we get into our main segment with Miss Alelia Bundles. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. Meet the black female NASA genius who helps send the first American into space. Don't know Katherine Johnson? Well, she was the black mathematician behind the US's first trips to the moon and she made her mark as a black woman despite working in the Jim Crow South during the 1960s. Johnson, who was born in the tiny town of White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia in 1918, was kind of a total whiz kid, and she loved to count. She skipped grades and started high school at the age of 10, which is pretty astounding in its own right. But it's even more amazing considering that schooling for black students in those days typically ended at the 8th grade. Johnson later went to college to study math before graduating at, get this, 18. She went on to be a teacher and later a stay-at-home mom before landing a position at the newly launched NACA, or as we now know it, NASA, at the Langley Research Center in 1953. She was hired to be a human computer. Women were hired by NASA to count and measure the results of wind tunnel tests. Not only did female computers work separately from their male co-workers, but the female offices were further segregated by color. Black female computers worked in separate rooms from the white female computers, and were even sometimes referred to as colored computers. But Johnson Smarts couldn't be denied. She was transferred to NASA's flight branch after only having worked there for two weeks. There, Johnson wound up calculating the trajectory for Alan Shepard's 1961 mission. It was the first time an American had been to space, and Johnson made sure NASA got it right. 
Johnson also helped guide the Apollo missions to the moon and was still vital to NASA long after it finally started using quote-unquote real computers. John Glenn, one of NASA's pioneering astronauts, trusted her work so much that he personally requested she recheck calculations from the electronic computers. Though it's pretty clear that Johnson was critical to NASA's first space voyages, Johnson is still only just getting the recognition she rightfully deserved. She's received numerous awards and was even given the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Barack Obama in 2015. About Time, a biopic, Hidden Figures, about Johnson and her black female colleagues at NASA is also in the works. The movie stars Taraji P. Henson as Johnson and is slated for release in 2017. It also stars Octavia Spencer as Dorothy Vaughn, Johnson's supervisor and genius programmer and coder at NASA for 28 years. R&B artist Janelle Monet is also tied to the project as Mary Jackson. Jackson was not only one of the badass female computers alongside Johnson and Vaughn at that time, but was also a trailblazer in women's rights. She educated black women in her field on how to advance in their careers from mathematicians to engineers and land positions that were normally never offered. Though the release of Hidden Figures is still a while off, it's receiving huge attention from some well-known names. Pharrell Williams jumped on board as not only a producer, but also the movie's music man. He's written songs for the movie and is even collaborating with Hans Zimmer on the score. Johnson is now retired from spaceships and astronauts. She'll be celebrating her 98th birthday on August 26th, which, coincidentally, is also Women's Equality Day. Share if you think Katherine Johnson's story needs to be heard. Welcome back to Read, Read, Read with your host, Joanne Burrell, on the CWR Talk Network. Thank you to my listeners for tuning in today. We have a great show planned. It is an honor and privilege to welcome author, journalist, and great-great-granddaughter of Madam C.J. Walker, Miss Alelia Bundles. Miss Bundles is at work on her fifth book, The Joy Goddess of Harlem. Miss Bundles, Alelia Walker, and the Harlem Renaissance, a biography of her great-grandmother, whose parties, friendships, international travels, and arts patronage helped define the era. Ms. Bondo's book, On Her Own Ground, The Life and Time of Madam C.J. Walker, her biography of her great-great-grandmother was named a New York Times notable book. It has been optioned by Zero Gravity Management for a Netflix series featuring Oscar Award winner Octavia Spencer. After reading the book, I am looking forward to this Netflix series. Thank you for being here today, Ms. Bundles, and welcome to the show. I can. Now I can hear you. Thank you. I think you had me muted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Well, as you know, the purpose of the radio show is to help students to be paired up with a mentor and to read more. A person is limited in what they can accomplish without good reading comprehension skills. Therefore, helping parents, teachers, and other adults to help their children to have the skills they need to be better readers, help them to improve their vocabulary and improve their understanding when they listen. What advice would you give parents and educators to help their children reading habits? Well, you know, I think that parents have a lot of wisdom, and so we, you know, we have to start with their, they know their children best. But one of the key things is reading with your child every day, and that is that is a that makes a real difference between kids who enjoy reading and who develop early habits with reading, and with people who grow up and think that they don't enjoy reading. I just happened yesterday 
on the block where I live, yesterday was the last day of school, and we have about a dozen kids who are in elementary school. And one of the parents opened up the porch, their front porch, and we had pizza and um, and the kids were playing around, and we were talking about reading. I had just I brought copies of my new book uh, that's written for fourth to eighth graders about Madam C.J. Walker called All About Madam Walker, and gave copies to some of the kids who were in that reading level. And it, it, the parents began to talk about how they read to their children and that they have been reading to them sometimes since when they were in the womb, <laughs> But certainly yeah. as they were very little children, even before the kids themselves, just so the kids learned how to hold a book. Uh, and, and I will say one of the things that, that I always do when I give baby gifts, I always give books. And maybe that's a tradition that started in my family because my grandfather always gave us books. And I think you have to begin to help children develop um, an affection and an affinity for books. It, they, it doesn't just happen on its own, usually. Yes, I give uh, give books to my grandchildren, and they look forward to books when I walk through the door. So that is very good advice, and to keep reading with the kids every day. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's just really important. I mean, and with my my grandfather. I mean, I, you know, I thought that's what all grandfathers did. <laughs> so obviously that's not necessarily the case. But it meant that we had our own little bookshelf. And then later, and this is long before the Internet, when you could just Google things and find information, he gave us a copy when we were in elementary school of the World Book Encyclopedia. And then when we were in high school, he gave us a copy of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Well, you don't have to spend all of that money that people used to have to spend to get the information, but to, to begin to create an interest in having facts and fact-checking, and be, you can win an argument with the right fact, usually. Yes. <laughs> you know, recently I'm, I gave a set of encyclopedia to this organization, and the director told me she had never knew, never seen a, a set of encyclopedias. She didn't know what yeah. an encyclopedia was. I told her wow. encyclopedia is similar to Google. I was right. It was Google, be, it was Google before Google existed. <laughs> exactly. But I was just so surprised that she didn't know what an encyclopedia was. So, but yeah, I guess you know, Yes, I, you know, I think this is that, you know, we have so many, there's so much unevenness in our public school systems, and so people often aren't exposed to things. Sometimes there aren't resources. You know, and as you know, many schools no longer have libraries. Um, that's one of the things that I just feel so fortunate to have gone to, to elementary school and a public school during an era when that was just, you had to have a library because that's how people learned. And in the summertime, my there was no public library near where I lived, but the, pub, the public school was a few blocks away. And during the summer, we had a reading program, and you would check out books, and you'd bring them back and keep track of what you read. But I know that now I live in Washington, D.C., and many of the schools, when they had to cut back on uh, the number of staff, one of the first things to go was the librarian. So there are schools that do have libraries, but for many years, that was just a room that had a, that was collecting a lot of dust. You know, now the trend is to have more computers and to have more things that are digitized and online, and that's you know wonderful. You have to have computer literacy, but there is something um, that, that's I think very calming and very centering, and that creates concentration when you're actually reading a book. I think so too. And that's such such a shame that that the library was the first thing to go with budget cuts, and that's less time that economically challenged students will have a chance to read a book. You know, and I I think you know what you're doing with read 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 is so important to help people begin to have their own libraries. There, there are, you know as you know there are programs all over the country that really promote reading. I remember when I was a producer with ABC News many years ago, 
we did a story in Hilton Head where you know there were many doctors who retired to Hilton Head and but they still wanted to do community service and a very visionary doctor started a clinic and it was a free clinic for families who needed health care and one of the elements of their outreach was to give a book to each child when the child came in with the parents. So a picture book, a book that they could read together, and there were classes to help the parents learn how to read to their children. And I think that is such a good idea because usually whatever the doctor tells you to do, a child and a parent would be more than willing to do it. So to give a book, I think that would be very encouraging. Right. And, you know, and there's so many ways that people can, you know, churches can do this, can have a book drive. Um, people can donate books. And, I, you know, every now and then I'll see something amazing. A couple of years ago, a young girl who was maybe 10 or so, and I can't remember whether she was in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, but she loved to read, and she was kind of annoyed that all the books that she was being assigned, no, none of them had little black girls as characters. And you may have read about this where she posted something on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and said, I'm really, I would like for people to, to suggest book titles. And then she ended up collecting thousands of books, and she sent some to kids in the Caribbean and, and other places where they, they did not have libraries uh, or they didn't have any books in their libraries. So there are... All kinds of ways I think that just an interested person can decide they're going to do something. I had a, another situation about a decade ago where I learned that the some of the women who were incarcerated at the Bedford Hills Correctional Facility for Women were reading copies of my book on her own ground because they were fortunate in that horrible situation to have a college class. And that was one of the books, and I ended up going to speak to the women, and I was so impressed by how carefully they had read the book, their questions, the ways that they thought about the contents of the book. But I realized they did, they could not have computers in prison, so I asked a lot of my friends who were writers to donate books to Bedford Hills Correctional Facility. We called the campaign 100 Books, 100 Women. And for several years, while the the uh, warden, who was very interested and sympathetic to that drive, was there. We would donate books every year to help the women have something, you know, something to read. So everything from um, history books and and and, and a, a women's encyclopedia and some science and math books, as well as some, you know, sort of light novels, so that they could escape like everybody else likes to do with uh, with light lightweight novels. Yes, yes, and that's a great segue from. My next question, what books would you suggest students read to broaden their view? Well, you know, it depends, every age group, there's something, um, you know, something that really applies. And when you, young kids, I think, really beautifully illustrated books that have a few words that you, I always, you know, I give the books with colors and shapes and and words and animals to young children, things that are soft so that they be, can begin to feel comfortable with a book and they can, something small enough for them to carry around so they can say, this is my book, and they can feel some some ownership of it. And as kids get older, obviously things get a little bit more complicated. I would say when, you know, there, there's so many, chat with chapter books for for kids, I especially love biography. I think that was one of the first genres that hooked me when I was in elementary school. I read many of We had a series of biographies, and I really enjoyed those. And I would say, because I went to school many, many, many years ago, and I was in elementary school in the 1950s and 1960s, there were zero books about black women um, and very few books about women, period. Uh, in in that library, but even so, I enjoyed reading about how biography was so helpful to learn that people, famous people, accomplished people, have challenges uh, early in their lives, and how each person manages to overcome the challenges. So I think biographies are a really great place to to start. And you know, I would say 
specifically there are series, all about series, who was series, um, black Americans of achievement. And then one other thing I would recommend specifically is John Lewis, the congressman from Atlanta, uh, who everyone I hope knows was involved in the March on Washington and the the Selma March. He has written a a three-part graphic novel, a trilogy called March, which talks about his life and talks about his involvement in the civil rights movement. So that's something because it's, you know, graphic novels are illustrated like comic books. Sometimes that's really accessible for somebody who may not be, um, you know, who may who may think they don't like to read, but that's a good way to get them acclimated to reading. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Right now, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The call-in number is 917-889-8078. If you have a question about the reading program or would like to speak with our guests, give us a call at 917-889-8078. During the month of February, the CWR Talk Network is proud to present our special series, Black American Achievement Profiles, honoring the achievement of black Americans from the past and the present, sponsored by Bass Edwards and Associate Virtual Services Corporation, the leader in work-from-home opportunities. Second Lieutenant Emily J.T. Perez was born in Heidelberg, Germany, to a military family. While in high school, she helped begin the HIV-AIDS ministry. In July 2001, after graduating high school, she accepted the appointment to the United States Military Academy at West Point. There she was an exemplary student and talented track athlete, becoming the highest-ranked African-American female cadet in the history of West Point. She was also a four-year letter winner on the track team served as Cadet Command Sergeant Major, and graduated academically in the top 10% of her class. Following graduation from West Point in 2005, she was commissioned a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army. Perez was killed in action on September 12, 2006, while leading a convoy through Al-Kifa, Iraq, a mission for which she volunteered when a makeshift bomb exploded near her Humvee. At age 23, she was the first female African-American officer in U.S. military history to die in combat. In addition, she was the first female graduate of West Point to die in the Iraq War and the first West Point graduate of the class of 9-11 to die in combat. Her declarations included the Purple Heart, Bronze Star, Army Accommodation Medal, National Defense Service Medal, Army Service Ribbon, the Overseas Service Ribbon, and the Combat Action Badge. She posthumously received the NCAA Award of Valor in 2008. Emily's unit, the 204th Support Battalion of the 4th Infantry Division, will remember her as a great leader. They continued to honor her with a street name, Emily's Way, in a medical center called the Emily J.T. Perez Treatment Facility. The Emily J.T. Perez Foundation was established in 2006 by Daniel and Vicki Perez to honor the life and legacy of their daughter, Emily, through a mentoring and scholarship program for girls and young women. Emily J.T. Perez, Black American History Maker and American Hero. Listen for more Black American Achievement Profiles throughout the month on the CWR Talk Network. Black American Achievement Profiles is sponsored by the Bass Edwards Associate Virtual Services Corporation, the innovative solution to at-home work opportunities by reaching new pinnacles every day with ingenuity, integrity, and class. For more information, call 405-928-3254. Welcome back to Read, Read, Read with your host, Joanne Burrell, on the CWR Talk Network. Thank 
thank you to my listeners for tuning in to the Read, Read, Read radio show. Early voting in Montgomery County, Maryland has begun. There are 11 early voting locations. All are open from 10 a.m. until 8 p.m. between now and Thursday, June 21st. Or if you don't get a chance to make it to early voting, you can vote on Tuesday, June 26th. For more information, you can visit the website at www.montgomerycountymaryland.gov. Also, please support Montgomery County NAACP branch number 7022 AXO program. We are still in need of donations in supporting our 13 students who will attend the national competition in San Antonio, Texas. If you would like to support our students, students or get if you would like to support our students to get to the national competition, please email me at read 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 the numbers 1619 at gmail.com. Again that email address is read 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 1619 at gmail.com. We have a caller on hold. Let me click them in and see what they have to say. Hello. Hi, caller. Yes. Uh, I like I like the show that's going on now. I like Miss Bunja's speech about education. Is your name, sir? Uh, Perry Wynn Hunt. Hi, Mr. Hunt. How are you? Yes, ma'am. Well, thank you for calling in today. Do you have a question for Ms. Bondo? Um, yes. Uh, are she doing some reading program in the Washington, D.C. area at this time now? Uh, no, I'm not running a reading program in, in Washington. I'm trying to finish writing a book right now, so I'm got my... My time is focused on that, um, but I, you know, there are so many groups that are doing those kinds of things, and I think that you know, in the schools, that's probably the best place, uh, or in churches where there there already are programs that bring kids together. I think it's pretty hard to just kind of organize something and say you're going to do it. I mean, as as ambitious as that might be, so I don't have anything that I'm personally doing right now, though I would say somewhat related to just overall education, I am involved with the March on Washington Film Festival that is now in its fifth year that goes from July 12th to 21st, and people can Google March on Washington Film Festival, and it's marchonwashingtonfilmfestival.org. And that is a, a nine-day festival with films about the civil rights movement and about uh, economic development with gr- wonderful documentaries, some celebrities. Uh, we're doing them, a film on Madam Walker that Stanley Nelson produced called Two Dollars in a Dream. And the, one of the featured guests is Camille Friend, who was the hairstylist for the Black Panther movie, but there are lots of things that I think people would be interested in seeing if they will go to marchonwashingtonfilmfestival.org. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Mr. Hahn, for that question. And you know, Ms. Bundles, I first became interested in having you on the show after speaking with historian Mr. Perry Wan Hahn, who we're speaking with now. And he told me I should try to have you on the Read, Read, Read radio show and sent me a copy of your book of your great-great-grandmother, Madam C.J. Walker, on her own ground. And after reading it, I was so inspired when I read that Madam C.J. Walker was acquainted with many people who made a difference in the world, such as educators Booker T. Washington, Marilyn McLoy Bethune, anti-lynching activist Ida B. Wells, and James Weldon Johnson to name a few, and the fact that she reached back and provided opportunities for thousands of African-American women who otherwise would have been consigned to jobs as farm laborers, washerwomen, and maids. 
Madam C.J. Walker paved the way for profound social changes that altered women's place in American society. With the state of the world today, based on Madam C.J. Walker's legacy, can you give to our listeners and business owners any advice in encouraging our youth in entrepreneurship? Well, yes, sure. I think that everybody likes to have their own money in their in their pocket, and you can start in in little ways. I I, I had jobs from as early as I can remember, and sometimes it was babysitting. But I used that babysitting money to uh, buy some things, to buy books and records and things that that kids won. And so now I guess you could order something, uh, you know, from Apple, <laughs> download something from iTunes. With with one's babysitting money, but it it really is important um, to think about entrepreneurship. It it is what helps communities grow, and I I think what I love about the outcome of of really successful entrepreneurship is the philanthropy that can go along with it. So it is you know one thing to make money, and there are people that we can see who who've made lots of money, but the people who I admire the most are the people who use their good fortune to try to benefit others. I agree. And, you know, mentoring at its core guarantees young people that there's someone who cares about them, assures them that they are not alone in dealing with day-to-day challenges, and makes them feel like they matter. Uh, So when they get a job, if they have someone to mentor them, they will have a better chance of making good decisions with that money. Research confirms that quality mentoring relationships have powerful positive effects on young people in a variety of personal, academic, and professional situations. Ultimately, mentoring connects a young person to personal growth and development and social and economic opportunity. Yet one in three young people will grow up without this critical asset. Statistics show that young adults who were at risk for falling off track but had a mentor are likely, had a mentor, 55% more likely to enroll in college, 78% more likely to volunteer regularly, 90% are interested in becoming a mentor and 130% more likely to hold leadership positions. And Ms. Bundles, we're uh, getting to the end of our show, but we're going to take a commercial break and we're going to come back and to receive more inspiring information from you uh, in this show. We'll be right back. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio. You're busy, which is great because busy people can't get prediabetes. Oh my, I read that wrong. <laughs> they can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Today we decided to walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 31, I mean 13. We took a left on Carroll Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. Hi, Mom. Is Claire's birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. People been saying to your friends, 
someone being bullied online, you can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back to Read, Read, Read with your host, Joanne Burrell, on the CWR Talk Network. Thank you for staying tuned in to the Read, Read, Read radio show on the CWR Talk Network. Ms. Bondo, I'm so happy to have you here today. Is there anything you would like to share with our with our audience and how they can purchase your books? Well, I, yes, they can come, come to my website, which is aleliabundles.com. That's A-L-E-L-I-A-B-U-N-D-L-E-S.com. And my books are there, and so I would love that them to check out all about Madam C.J. Walker, which is written for fourth to eighth graders, uh, On Her Own Ground, The Life and Times of Madam C.J. Walker, which is a more comprehensive history-centered biography, and Madam Walker Theater Center, which includes 200 photographs from my collection of Madam Walker. So I would love for people to, to check that out. The other thing that I would like to share with, with your listeners is the many resources they can find on the Internet having to do with books. There are a number of websites that include reading lists for black children. If they just Google um, books for black children, they will come up with a number of things. And I did that earlier today, the African American Liter- Literature Book Club, AALBC.com, has an, a comprehensive list of books for children. A mightygirl.com is a website that really encourages girls' empowerment. They have a list of 50 picture books starring black mighty girls. And Essence.com did an article that should still be online on May 5th, 2015, called 17 Books Every Black Child Should Read. And sometimes if people don't have access to that, if they can't purchase it themselves or they don't have a library nearby, maybe they can work with their church or their girls and boys clubs or community, a community organization to try to start a, a small library in the corner of the community center or in, the, in a room in the church or in a neighbor's home, a place that is a quiet place for the kids in the neighborhood to know that they can go read and, or if they want to play video games, but a place that is really about learning. Thank you so much for that information. And it's so inspiring to know that all of these resources are out there for people who don't have access to a library or just need uh, a little push in the right direction to find that information that they need. Thank you so much for being here today. But I want to My mention pleasure. That, and I really am so thankful that you came because it's, it's just wonderful to know that I can reach out to someone that was connected to Madam C.J. Walker, a great person in history who meant a lot to black women. Well, we thank Mr. Hunt for the connection. Yes, thank you so much, Mr. Perry Wynn. We are, we are still, we still have a need for college students to mentor youth age 8 through 15. And if you have a child or know a child who attends a Title I school in an economically challenged community, and want to be considered for this opportunity, please send an email to readreadread1619 at gmail.com. R-E-A-D-R-E-A-D-R-E-A-D-1619 at gmail.com. Let's help our students succeed with support from a mentor. Mr. Wynn. Mr. Perry, when is there anything you would like to say in closing? Oh, yeah. Well, just that I enjoyed the show. That's all. It was really wonderful. So, yeah. Again, thank you, too, for introducing me to 
Miss Bondos. Without you, I don't know if this would have even been possible. Thank you very much. Well, folks, this is the end of our show. Thank you to our sponsors, CWR Talk Network and Jeanette's Joy Community Services. Thank you to my listeners for tuning in to the Read, Read, Read radio show on the CWR Talk Network. We hope to see you next month when our guest will be New School Year and the PTA, Educational Opportunities and Challenges. Our special guest will be East County, Maryland representative. Information that will be available to parents and students in schools everywhere. Please support the AXO program. My thoughts are with everyone who is struggling and needing support, especially our kids who need a mentor and reading support. Let's be thankful that the history outlives the women and men who made a difference. Alelia Bundles, thank you very much for coming on the Read, Read, Read radio show and sharing about the life and times of your great-great-grandmother, Madam C.J. Walker. It has truly been an honor. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I hope to have you again soon. Uh, Maybe we'll have another show about entrepreneurship, Um, more information that will be able to help kids. I know we have the AXO program, and we're always looking for business owners to mentor our students with the business plan. And we're getting ready to start a new year of the AXO program. And we try to prepare our students for the entire year from August to June because our national competition is in July and the local competition is in April. So hopefully we'll be able to have you back and speak about that more for our students. Remember, one who refuses to seek the advice of others will eventually be led to a path of ruin. A mentor helps you to perceive your own weaknesses and confront them with courage. The bond between a mentor and a mentee enables us to stay true to our chosen path until the very end. Commit to mentor a child today. Until next time, I am your host, Joanne Burrow of the Read, Read, Read radio show on the CWR Network. I also want, before I leave, I want to ask that all of our listeners tune in on Tuesday, June 19th, where we will talk about race in America. Where do we go from here? This will be an online virtual town hall meeting And it will be moderated by Deborah Mathis, nationally renowned journalist, director of communication, International Center on Nonviolent Conflict. I'll post the link on the show for the show on my Facebook page if you're interested in being a part of it. And if you would like, you could go to our website to get that information as well. Some of the things we will be discussing is what is the drive and the racial tension in America? What is driving the racial tension in America today? Is there a way to overcome our racial divide? And if there is, what are the solutions? Racism has resulted in a significant increase in hate crimes in recent years and has contributed to the school-to-prison pipeline and the prison commercial complex. Be sure to tune in to our special live town hall event and hear all of these issues and more discussed on Tuesday, 
June 19th from 1 p.m. until 3 p.m. on the CWR Talk Radio Network.com. Thank you all for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you next month. Until next time, I am your host, Joanne Burrow of the Read, Read, Read radio show on the CWR Talk Network. Thank you for listening. Peace, everyone. Wake up, America. Today we are a country divided because of racism, hatred, and injustice. But racism will not define us and hatred will not defeat us because that is not who the majority of us are. But we seldom come together as one to have an open dialogue about the racism plaguing our country and how it affects individual ethnic communities and our nation as a whole. That is why the CWR Talk Network has assembled a phenomenal team from various backgrounds and ethnicities to discuss how to overcome the racial divide in America. This special two-hour live online virtual town hall event will be held on Tuesday, June 19th from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Visit our website, cwrtalknetwork.com, and sign up for our newsletter for updates and more details. Don't miss this very special event on Tuesday, June 19th, designed to stop the hate by learning to better communicate. If you are interested in participating or sponsoring this event, contact us by email at info at cwrtalknetwork.com. That's info at cwrtalknetwork.com. Together, we can unite America. Wake up.